0: This is Olive Magazine Podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. So, this week's podcast is a bit different. Because of the lockdown situation, we can no longer do face to face chats, but we've got some really clever ways of doing remote interviews that shouldn't mean the sound quality suffers too much, as I know that's an issue for a lot of podcast listeners. So from next week, we'll be back with our usual mix of entertaining, educational, and most importantly, in these times, useful podcasts. And if there's anything you want us to record a podcast about, you can get in touch either by email at oliveletters at immediate.co.uk or through our Facebook page or Instagram. So in the meantime, we've got over 190 podcasts in our back catalogue for you to explore This week, I'm going to be highlighting three of my favourites with some little teaser clips to give you a taste of what we do. Okay, so first up is my interview with Felicity Cloak, who you may know from her weekly Perfect column in the Guardian newspaper. Last year, she spent the summer cycling and eating her way around France with the view of trying the iconic dishes of each region. And in this clip, she explains why she shares the French obsession with food museums and how her journey sometimes became a bit of an eating marathon. And if you want to listen to the full episode, look out for number 156. Can we talk about your food museum obsession? Because (laughs) I went on a trip to Cork with Felicity and I noticed on the itinerary on the Monday morning was going to the Butter Museum and I was like... I'm not going to the Butter Museum. I've got to go and find some really good coffee shops to, like, recommend for a travel guide. So you tooled off to the Butter Museum and it wasn't until I read this book that I thought, oh, my God, she's obsessed with museums.
1: (laughs) And the the stranger the museum, the better. I love a weird museum. I mean, I can heartily, off topic, heartily recommend the Butter Museum in Cork. It's excellent. Yeah, I kind of wish I'd gone (laughs) now. But, um... Yeah, I mean, France is full of these strange little Properly museums to... Like niche
0: as well. Yeah,
1: so the um, the funniest one that I came across, there was the Brie Museum, which yeah. was, was good value. A lot of um, old Brie packaging through mm. the ages, which I enjoyed. Um, but the funniest one was in the Loire Valley, the mm. Apple Tapping Museum. Oh, the Museum. Apple Tapping, I loved that. And what i was surprised about one was that we weren't the only people at the apple tapping museum it was full it It was was you know it was it was a big party ahead of us (laughs) um the apple tapping museum said there was an industry when phylloxera devastated the um local vineyards Mm. in the 19th century they turned to um other fruit instead yeah and they had these they said what they did with the apples was they dried them in an oven, but also they had people hitting them with a little <laughs> hammer. Like, I think it took about four days yeah. and they kept hitting them at regular intervals until they were like this squashed, dried yeah. apple. that um, was very compact and then you could take it to sea or whatever as sort of a portable source of vitamin C. Yeah, An entire museum <laughs> devoted to this. Quite cottage industry. Yeah, um, That was absolutely hilarious. And it I think was, each museum was quite...
0: Um, They tend to have an instructional video or some Mm. kind of actor telling you the
1: story. Yeah, there's much money put into these (laughs) museums. I mean, even if you don't go, I would advise uh, maybe having a look at the TripAdvisor reviews for these because they are also quite funny. Um, Some people love the museum. Some people are a little bit disappointed by um, a large cave in Loire Valley with a display of (laughs) Apple Coras. You yeah.
0: know. and I think you had like there was the the ham museum as well which had ham kind museum. of happy pigs yeah
1: so many photos of happy <laughs> pigs performing who were made yeah. into ham um lots of inspirational quotes about the you know the position of this was down in bayonne near the spanish border about the position of the basque pig in mm. local culture and so they're just very very proud still yeah. of their local food traditions in a way that's definitely you know become much more the case in this yeah. country recently but in france it never went away mm. and they're properly they shout about it mm. and they make a big deal of it and that was great you know for, for someone traveling around writing a book it was ideal
0: yeah i think um another quite amusing bit was where you you sort of tricked a friend of yours um to go to <laughs> to try and go to the oyster museum because you because it was read really, it was signposted and you were like oh look we just happened to have come across the oyster museum <laughs> Um, luckily for him, it was shut because <laughs> you'd said it was a one and a half hour tour that you were getting really excited about. I was thinking this girl is nuts. <laughs> um, but just thinking about oysters, there's a great um, chapter where you go and track down um which which area was that again where the oysters where you ate the giant horse who oh, So that oyster. is Cancal, which yeah. is in
1: Brittany, which is famous quite near Saint Malo, yeah. For its seafood. Yeah, and oysters particularly it's a massive industry there because the Bay of Mont Saint Michel, where mm. you know the famous um island is. Yeah. Um has very sh- very um Minerally, uh, no. no, it's the tides. Oh, like are, the tidals. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's a great tidal, you know, difference between the tide going in and out. Yeah. So, it's, as it was explained to us by the oyster <laughs> experts, um, because the oyster, luckily, the Oyster Museum did open after lunch, oh, you so did. we did get, tour, <laughs> you did get after to all, see. It. Yeah, explained to us that because of the tides um being very strong, mm. um, it really works the oyster muscle because oh, okay. they have to spend a lot of time keeping their shell closed when yeah. the tide's out, Um and so. Um, They make particularly good oysters there, or grow particularly good oysters. Um, And they have in Kankal, which is quite a small village on the coast, obviously, um, they have an oyster market Mm. um, just on the quay, and just little stalls selling oysters to the untrained eye, (laughs) i.e. me, because I haven't been to the museum yet. They all look the same, and I was wandering around thinking, how do I pick between all of these oysters? Like. You know, if it's a cheese market, I've got an idea of what I'm looking for, but yeah. with oysters. So I just went for the biggest one that <laughs> yeah. I find, which was a mistake, actually. I think the guy
0: told you it was 15, 15 years old, which made me old. feel really sad because I've got it
1: being grown and you had to cut it into six
0: well, you sections to eat. had to, to give eat.
1: me, so in general, it they just give terrifying. you like a little wooden fork yeah. and you eat it, you know, out of, you know, sitting on the seawall. You chuck the shell back onto the beach yeah. where it becomes sand again. Um... And it's all very casual. and But this one, he said, oh, madame, I'm going to have to give you my knife to cut this oyster <laughs> because you won't be able to do it with the little wooden fork. And I thought, oh, what have I got myself yeah. into here? An <laughs> oyster that needs cutting with a proper metal knife. Yeah. Um. So that was a little bit concerning. And it was, it was huge. It was about the size... Probably have a digestive biscuit, but quite deep as well. Mm, and chewy. yeah, I just I found the whole thing slightly off-putting, and I didn't eat any other oysters. I don't think for the entire trip. <laughs> I felt like I'd had enough with that oyster. You're
0: not a woman who's scared of a food challenge though, are you? I've never seen you like kind of, even when no. someone's put something weird <laughs> down in front of you, you're
1: like, yeah, yeah, come on. I'd, try, I'd say that I'd try anything once. Yeah. So the oyster I tried, the massive oyster I tried once. But you wouldn't go back there? I wouldn't I wouldn't go back for the big oyster because mm. I think that actually the flavour is better sweet, with the small yeah. ones. Um, but say down in um, Lyon, mm. where they're very famous for the, these restaurants called Bouchon, which are sort of quite rustic um, foods, wine straight from the barrel, really yeah. good fun. Um, and they serve a lot of sort of deep fried tripe and these andouillettes, which are the sausages that... And not sausages for the faint-hearted no. they smell um they're quite farmyardy they're, they're very I mean, farmyardy <laughs> is the polite way of putting it um <laughs> like something you swept off the farmyard floors mm, you know yes. let's stop there but anyway so <laughs> I've I had them before but I knew that I had to try them again because they're a big deal in Lyon yeah. and I felt like national pride was at stake so <laughs> luckily I wasn't on my own I had a crack team, actually, of eaters that yeah. were assembled. Only my pregnant friend, Ali, was excused from eating <laughs> everything. I gave her dispensation. Everyone else had to eat everything. And we got the andouillette And actually, I don't know, it came in a mustard sauce. Yeah. And it was quite delicious. Once you, once you sort of make peace with the idea that texturally it's not like a you know, a very smooth it's not like a Frankfurter or something where it's no. very smooth. There's lots of different bits, bits in what that suffering. What's it's, it actually made of? It's um sort of it so it's sort of in intestine and other other organs. So there's a yeah. few tubes and fronds and stuff.
2: But it's once, not entry
1: level awful though, is it? It's, it's proper like No. I mean, <laughs> You know, it's not... If you want entry-level offer, I would say go for the sweetbreads, which are everywhere in France. It just tastes like poached chicken, as far as I can tell there. You know, if you want to show off and be brave, (laughs) but not actually be that brave, go for sweetbreads. They literally just taste like chicken. Um, Anyway, so we had the sausage, and I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, But then I just thought that... I bet British people order those sausages the whole time and don't finish them. Yeah. So I made us all eat every, every last bit. bite of that sausage.
0: You just see I, it? We are not leaving. <laughs> no one is
1: leaving this table until the sausage is finished.
0: And did they look impressed at your... Uh... Or I were they never... just
1: like there, they weren't bothered? I think they were impressed by the amount of wine we drank, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> to get it down. <laughs> the Brits <were> arrived. <laughs>
0: Next, we have Richard Macon, who you may know as School Night Vegan. He's a blogger and Instagrammer. Richard went from veggie to vegan a couple of years ago and started uploading his experiments in vegan cooking online. He's an absolute genius at veganizing popular recipes. His tagline is, anything you can cook, I can cook vegan. And he's an expert on ingredients. So here's a clip of us talking about his vegan mozzarella recipe and how that went viral. And also learning about some vegan meat substitutes and how to use them. And if you want to listen to the full episode of this one, look out for number 155. Let's talk about the mozzarella. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's been featuring in my feed quite a lot. It's been this going week. crazy. And I keep looking at it and going, how did he do? How <laughs> did he make that? Mo- like it looks like mozzarella and it pulls apart yeah. in strings like mozzarella. Just as an example of how you developed the recipes, how did you come about with
2: that? I mean, I think it's. I'm definitely not the first person to try and make a vegan mozzarella no. recipe and there's quite a few out there if you search for them but there's also quite a few bad ones out there. it's ones that don't either look really nice and taste horrible or look horrible and taste really nice. Right. So I tried mm. I maybe made about 20 different people's vegan mozzarella recipes and looked at what ingredients were in each mm. and what they sort of what they did for the recipe whether yeah, like they made the it solid stuff, or helped yeah. it melt or yeah. helped it brown or whatever. And then just sort of pieced it together myself. I maybe tried my own recipe about 15 times yeah. um, until I finally put it on a piece of toast and put it under the yeah. grill and it browned and it melted and it smells good. And <laughs> I can't tell you, I literally ran upstairs to my husband with a plate of toast and just went,
0: look, <laughs> it's cheese on toast. Like it was Hello, some <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> look what I've done.
2: Yeah. And I think, again, to go back, like, that's another one of the reasons why I just love vegan cooking is that a plate of cheese on toast can give you that much joy yeah. because I thought I'd said goodbye to vegan to cheese on toast when yeah. I went vegan and there's no need. You've just got to, you know, work a little bit harder than most people.
0: And you've had quite a lot of people making that mozzarella as well. It's gone haven't you?
2: absolutely yeah. bonkers. <laughs> it's gone bonkers and people putting it on, on pizzas, on toast, viral. on yeah. Viral on, mozzarella. Went a little bit crazy. Yeah. Pasta bakes. I I put it in a um, mac and cheese just the other day,
0: oh God, and it that was insane,
2: so absolutely insane. It had all of these big stringy bits. What of is cheese. that
0: ingredient that you use in it, which I, begins with P? I can't remember the name.
2: Psyllium husk. I think. It think it's I let
0: you say it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't even know if that's right because I've only ever seen it written down. Yeah. But
0: so that's the thing that creates the string. That's do you think? the
2: thing. So that is used by vegans across the world as an egg replacer, oh. and it's. Quickly taking over, From flax. you might have seen flaxseed, yeah, it's quite flax popular. Yeah, have flax quite a lot, yeah. Flax has got quite a strong flavour, right. um, it tastes quite bitter, Okay, but psyllium husk has got zero, as far as I'm concerned, zero flavour, mm. and it's also a lot more powerful, so you need to replace one egg, one teaspoon of psyllium husk. Wow. So it's really, really strong. Really so that boisterous. is like next
0: generation vegan ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Let's so. Let's talk about some classic um, vegan ingredients, because... Um, this month you've written vegan barbecue and and we've got a lot of vegan barbecue recipes mm-hmm. on the website already which were just using vegetables and yeah. we thought we need um we need some guidance about how to use those meat substitutes mm-hmm. because some people kind of want the mouth feel and the bounce and the, like the chew of, you know, what they're missing. So um, can we talk about some of those substitutes? So first, the brilliantly named Satan, which yeah. seems to have taken over the vegan world in just, the past couple of years. Just
2: off the back of the, yeah, eight just off million back of the name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Satan's one of my favourites. It's obviously, it's made from wheat gluten, yeah. so it's obviously not great for celiacs. But... Um, for texture, like you mentioned, yeah. it's nothing comes close. It's depending on how you prepare it, it pulls apart like meat. Mm. You can bake it, you can roast it, you can fry it, you can do anything with it. And it's as long as you've got the ingredients, which is basically just wheat, wheat gluten. So it
0: looks like a, a flour when it comes in yeah, a bag. It yeah? looks
2: exactly like okay. flour. And I tend to mix it with a little bit of, um, uh, chickpea flour right. which just helps because it's it's Structure, gluten right yeah. gluten is it is sort of it's like glue right. basically so the chickpea flour just helps to stop it from going okay. way too chewy. Yeah. Um, but yeah it takes a fair while to to, to cook. Um, but it's 100% Because the a recipe way. you've
0: done for us is a seitan burger yeah. and um, you've added in some um, mushrooms, Shitake, shiitake yeah. mushrooms, which have got, again, have got that lovely kind of bounce mm-hmm. to them. And the shiitake mushrooms um, also give it a bit of texture as well. So if you look at yeah. the picture of it in the magazine, it actually looks like a burger. Mm-hmm.
2: They also give a, a lot um, of umami, which of is course. something that I feel like... Because the do... seitan
0: itself doesn't really have...
2: No, it sort of tastes a bit bready, actually, I guess, because it's made with gluten. But um, it's not like you have to try and mask that flavour. But if you want it to taste like meat, or at least close to meat, Mm. you need a bit of umami in there, you need that sort of salty sweetness. And shiitake is such a meaty mm. vegetable anyway they also offer that like bounce and, yeah. and chew
0: and i think in the recipe you you kind of make it into you make it into patties and steam them which That's gives right. you a bit of lightness <laughs> and then you grill it to get the
2: exactly. texture on the outside yeah so. so seitan is pretty much always a, a two-stage prep yeah. you have to steam it or boil it or or roast it before you cook, cook it, it. fine yeah 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 otherwise it will just be quite gummy yeah. quite sort of um quite difficult to choose. it's
0: so worth it though because if yeah. you have people come in i guess you could do the first stage the day before exactly just keep it in the fridge get your barbie out whack the burgers it's on exactly there, what and then i'm gonna done.
2: do for my birthday birthday party coming up in in june and yeah i'm gonna prep eight million of those burgers yeah. and just
0: i highly recommend the Satan burger in olive magazine this month <laughs>
2: <Yay>. <laughs>
0: and then um a new one on me uh which is temper tell us about that
2: yeah Either tempeh or tempeh. I don't or know tempeh. how you. Oh, I well. don't know. I say tempeh, but I've, I say again, it's one of it those things me that I've seen. think of tiny tempeh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's an Instagram handle. I think she's called I've tiny seen tempeh. That, yeah. Um, it, yeah, so tempeh is made from fermented soybeans, mm. which less and less, but the more you when you put fermented in, in front of something it sort of turns a lot of people off but, but actually me, it just really, makes
0: it really umami again yeah, doesn't exactly. it so this does come with flavor it
2: does yeah. it's absolutely packed with flavor and you can smoke it you can um you can fry it you can season it however you want to yeah. and it even adds you know more flavor people use it as bake as a bacon replacement quite yeah. a lot in like a, a blt yeah but yeah, it's you. This has got way less of of a meaty texture because it's it's actually just compressed whole mm. soybeans that have that are fermented over time. So you can see the soybeans in in it. In it. Um, So but there you, is,
0: but there is texture in there. It's not. It's just got a meaty, chew. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got, got, a, got a, a chew and a bounce it. to it. Yeah.
2: Um, but it's delicious. Yeah, it's really, really. good
0: And how does that that comes? I mean, we got it. Um, I think we got it vac packed in like yeah. a, a big chunk exactly. that you can. So for the recipe you did for us, I think we had some glazed um, kebabs, that's right. and um, and then you sort of put the temper on with pineapple. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And that was really good.
2: I guess because it's so it's it's so marmy, it made sense to have something quite sweet involved there as yeah. well. Yeah,
0: but that's I think that's a little bit easier for people maybe wanting a. <clears throat> an entry-level thing you can buy that in a pack cut it up mm-hmm. marinate it and then just kind of cook it off on the barbecue so you don't yeah. have to do as much prep with that
2: not at all and you can get it low you can get it in supermarkets but it's much cheaper and you get much bigger portions if you go to an oriental supermarket of oh really sort.
0: Also, it's been around it's for a huge, while
2: it's an ancient yeah chinese i think it's chinese anyway ancient chinese yeah. ingredient that they use you know a lot in cooking
0: and then another ingredient which is super trendy at the minute the jackfruit yeah. what do we do without jackfruit i, I mean seriously i know it's like uh, how long how long ago do you reckon this popped up on our consciousness like a couple of years ago, well it depends maybe? who you
2: ask because it's been cooked it's it's a staple of caribbean foods. yeah and lots of, that's what lots i mean but like well.
0: here i just seem to suddenly jackfruit burgers were five everywhere five years ago was it five maybe, something maybe. like that
2: um okay. I don't know. I mean, I first heard about it from Biff's Jack Shack, who's like yes. a London vegan street food trader. Yeah, yeah. This was before I was even vegan, and his burgers are just crazy good, really, yeah. really nice. But that one, uh, it's all about texture. Yeah. I think with jackfruit, it pulls apart. I guess it, it sort of aligns with the pulled pork craze, which yeah, jumped everybody up in.
0: said because you kind of cover, you know, you you would cook it in a smoky sweet sauce. Yeah, a nice barbecue then, sauce. Can you describe the texture?
2: It's, it's like had pulled it. pork. Yeah. It's really, I, I mean you have to pull it apart with with two yeah. forks or, or a masher or whatever to get it that way but if you buy it, it, it has to be young unripe jackfruit yeah so um, gre- green dra- jackfruit that's right but and that's before it gets too much flavor as well otherwise it becomes really sweet um but when it's nice and young and green it's got virtually no sweetness to it mm. um and it pulls apart exactly like and
0: would you say like it's a texture thing more than a, a taste thing with jackfruit
2: I think it's more of a vessel yeah. it takes on whatever you whatever you season it with and that's why I did a really strong barbecue sauce with yeah. that one because one. it soaks it up like a sponge for one yeah. and two the texture really does kick butt like it's it, in a slider which we've which we've done in the mag, It's yeah. it, it holds it it's so in right.
0: there with a really lovely mustardy slaw which yeah. had a proper kick to it which <laughs> I love because I love mustard um but like in terms of buying, you've said you can get it in, you can get it in tins. We, we've bought it in now. like, because if we actually, this is how naive I was. I went online to go, oh, I'm just going to buy some jackfruit. Like I'll buy a jackfruit in it. Have you seen they're them huge. in their native state? And they're, they're pretty
2: like, intimidating. Yeah, they're, they're quite about spiky.
0: 15 kilos or something. <laughs> it was going to cost me 50 quid to buy a whole one from yeah. it online. But then I realized that you, once you cut it open, they've got these kind of look lobes inside exactly, um, yeah. that you pull out of the case and then that is the jackfruit flesh so in a lot of um, uh, supermarket like specialty supermarkets you can buy it in a in a kind of vac- um, shrink-wrapped thing in the fresh department or in cans or in cans which is really easy and yeah yeah,
2: all you have to do is drain it and cook it at that stage i mean i used to live before i left london i used to live in brixton right near which would be a great source for any kind of afro
0: caribbean supermarkets i
2: carried real uh maybe like two full jackfruits <laughs> under my arm oh on the on the on the bus up to Brixton Hill he on many been, occasions yeah. <laughs> until I discovered the cans. <laughs> Quite a good sight.
0: Okay so next we have cheesemonger Morgan McLean, who's got a gorgeous little cheese shop near me in Muswell Hill in North London. Um so Morgan wrote a brilliant book last year called The Modern Cheesemaker which teaches you how to make your own cheese at home using very simple equipment and a few ingredients. So again, quite useful in these times. In this clip, she's shown me how to make fresh ricotta using just whole milk and vinegar and a bit of salt. And this is episode 147 if you want to track down the full recording. On to cheese making, because we can talk through each stage as yes. we as we actually do it here and now. So um we're gonna what are we gonna make today? So I think we're gonna make fresh ricotta. Oh
3: nice. Because it can be made quite quickly. Yeah. Um and it means that I can show you quite easily how to make it. There's no real downtime. No. In between, normally you leave about an hour f- to let it sit. Yeah. But we can eat it quite fresh and warm, it okay. doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> Great. And like because I was thinking about um I know often with uh Italian recipes for making um, like niddy, you know, that the yeah, yeah. the little dumplings which are made just with ricotta. And um, um, I think it's just ricotta and semolina and then maybe some spinach in there as well, but they don't put any flour in. And they always call for like getting your ricotta from a cheesemonger because it's much drier, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas so, stuff you get from the supermarket can be
3: quite wet. Well, that's the thing. They're leaving it in the water for so yeah. long to preserve it. Yeah. The nice thing about this is you can make it as creamy as you like or as dry as you like so I've got two recipes in the book one is a normal ricotta yeah. and then one is a ridiculously indulgent ricotta okay. which is adding double cream wow. to the recipe because ricotta just...
0: it's usually quite a healthy <laughs> cheese mold and you've just made it into something I know that, like... there's the healthy option and yeah. then the treat
3: option <laughs> but the reason I like the creamy one is it's so good to kind of you know like pistachio nuts and honey yeah, for breakfast God, yeah. so just like spread on toast yeah Yum. I think that's, a, that's the nice yeah. way of doing it and I think it's about things I would do. Yeah. And I know that the the yummy healthy one is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but also the indulgent the one indulgent is really good. Indulgent one is good
0: really as well. Good. Cool. Okay. So let's start off yes. with um with the milk. Okay. Because okay. that is one of the most important things. Yeah. So um,
3: yeah, with the um with what we're using today, I've just got an induction hob, which yeah. is actually quite good because you can control the temperature oh, okay. really well. Yeah. Um, but normal gas, anything else is fine. So we're going to put it on about 3 which yeah. isn't very high. I'll hold your is that right? thank you the mic for you.
0: So so um tell us about milk because obviously milk is the bedrock of any yes. cheese
3: um, and what you choose to make your cheese width is incredibly yeah. important so I mean it is good to use good quality milk yeah. if you can get something from the farmer's market um, any kind of local milk is fantastic there's a few Graham's is a very good quality one that you should be able to buy in some supermarkets okay. that's a really nice one we're just using an organic one for just to show you how you do it at home yeah. But we would normally, on Saturdays, Sundays, there's a farmer's market in Ali Yeah, yeah. And yep, they do amazing the milk. Do they? Who, so who, good. Who down there is for any North Londoners? Robert. But um, I don't know what the brand's called. And do they sell cheese or do they just sell milk? Just milk. Which is fab. Right, and I'm there's a there lot there of places <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah. that do that. And you can kind of pop along yeah. and they'll give you nice... And sometimes it's quite fresh. There's like cream on That's what no, you're looking for. Yeah, the separation. That's it. And once you've got yeah. that, you've got good cheese. But with ricotta, because it's quite a low-fat milk, uh, a low-fat cheese, we don't need to worry too much. You can use a supermarket milk, and it will work. But but try and get organic. Try and get organic. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to add four litres into here. So yeah, we are making quite a lot Um, into the big pan. And just heat this through. Yeah. So you
0: have to start... For what, How many... How much ricotta will four litres Should make us you? four ricottas.
3: Right. So you don't get an awful lot, but... That seems, they are like, quite, that seems quite decent
0: to me, though. Is that like sort of little... They're like got that. tub so, sizes. Yeah, they're, so about, that's, they're what's
3: decent that about sized tubs. Is that like 300 grams? do you reckon? I'd say, yeah, about 250, 300.
0: About two, yeah, well, it's not too
3: bad. Um, which isn't bad at all, no. I
0: think. And well. the magic as well. So did you...
3: Would you ever use um, raw milk? Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. If I can get hold of it, yeah. yeah. So, Muzzle Hill this morning, we don't have it, but yeah. we, we are lucky enough to order in from the farms. Do you? So, we order from um, places like Fen Farm Dairy that do Barren by God, which right. is an amazing cheese. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can get good milk... And just, raw milk is just unpasteurised. It is. And is it
0: legal? Because it was a, there's it's a lot It's illegal
3: p- in Scotland. So. <laughs> okay. So as so long as you I buy it big, from Scotland? Yeah. No, no, no. It's illegal there. So oh. you can't take it into the country. Oh, it's kind really? of like. Yeah. So when we were up there, actually, they were all asking oh what do you, do you like oh, raw milk because you've just
0: been on book tour in scotland yes yeah, so i've just been yeah, scotland
3: yeah. and they were saying oh we can't bring it in we have to you know um try and get it over the border <laughs> it's just there's, ridiculous. A, there's
0: so much controversy about or there has been about um unpasteurized so i guess unpasteurized cheeses and raw milk it's it's not been heated to a certain yeah. level to get rid of. But it's
3: so much better. Like yeah. it's, it's The regulations are ridiculous in Scotland, yeah. absolutely appalling. And what's happened is in the past they've had a few problems, mm. but they've gone so heavy on... Uh, yeah, I, I can't even understand why they've done it. Yeah. But when I was up there at the delis, they're all so sad because... Because they want to use it. Yeah, and, and I guess what raw milk cheeses.
0: brings is an extra level of... Um, oh, I don't know science microbes what is it, yeah, what, well, what is no, it in? They, we
3: in the shop we only it's, sell it's particular really characteristics isn't it yeah. yeah and they taste better you know we because it brings its them. own
0: character I guess exactly. is what I'm trying to say yeah which yeah. is not everything in the milk or not everything alive in the milk has been killed off by yes, pasteurization that's it.
3: and for us the only reason we sell we have some pasteurized cheeses yeah. but it tends to be for pregnancy um, yeah. so the majority of our cheese I'd say 80% oh, wow. is unpasteurized yeah. Yeah. and we do a lot of raw cool. cheeses so yeah. it's, yeah, we prefer it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you can get hold of it, which you should be able to. Yeah. And there's places like um, Farm Drop now. Yeah, Fantastic. do they do? Yeah, yeah. yeah they do kind of fresh milk. They're very, very good because I think they're they're uh, the other thing I like about them is they don't have any food miles. So... They will deliver to you when from they fit their, in
0: when they can find when they go to Moswell Hill yeah that's brilliant
3: which i think is fantastic yeah. so yeah farm drops a very good one and there's a few other online sites that you can use so people could so like that
0: that can start a journey off of people just finding finding the milk yeah, yeah.
3: to start their cheese and also experimenting with it yeah like different what works types, for you yeah. what type of cheese you like and because you're gonna tasty. get a different
0: tang from using different cheeses on exactly. you yeah yeah because we've got the milk in the pan now just so, just so people know yeah. it's a I'm looking it's about a half
3: but you've got a nine liter yeah. sort of pan so there. Up to kind of about four, four liters in that. this one's got a really good. But it is just a normal pan. It's not like some crazy no. big. So this is just a normal pan. Yeah. Um, we get it from IKEA. Yeah. They're big. They kind of fit in the shop. Yeah. And we either use it for spaghetti when we're not cheese making, or shove the milk yeah. in there.
0: But it's not crazy big, so it's no, not no, like no. But you would probably have something in your cupboard that like yeah. your big Just get your biggest pan out,
3: basically. Yeah, and also you don't have to do the quantities we do. Like no. actually, I'm doing. Quantities of the book okay, with this one, cool. so we want a little bit more ricotta so we can all try some. Yeah, but in the book, we're doing half of this quantity, okay, cool. which it just makes easier.
0: And you've just dropped in a little
3: um, thermometer there, yes. yes. So, this is the most important okay. cheese making equipment, okay. Not expensive, <laughs> easy, but it's just a thermometer that you would get for jam making, yeah, cheese making. They're super easy, I think they're like 50 pence on Amazon. Okay. yeah, they're so good. <laughs> There's we no have them excuse everywhere. People. There's no- <laughs> well, that's I was very Yum. conscious when I was doing the book of people going out and and buying Thinking that they huge had to buy because yeah. I'm a killer for it. You know, if there's a spiralizer that's on trend, yeah. I'll buy the biggest thing and it sits <laughs> sits in my kitchen for years. And so with this, yeah. I've tried to do it on the most kind of easy to get kind of equipment. Yeah, you don't have to go and get muslin. I've just got tea towels yeah. today, but it should be very readily available for you. Yeah. And yeah, so the thermometer's there, and I'm just waiting for it to get up to temperature. So I'm looking at about one hundred and twenty, and I'm just going to add a little bit of salt to this
0: okay so so like all cheeses are salted as you you talk a bit in your book about cheese salt I mean obviously it's probably not necessary for cotter, is
3: it no but you can get hold of cheese salt and again it's something that's so super easy to order yeah. um in the back of the book we've done like a huge index of the best places oh, to buy your amazing. equipment yeah, yeah, um yeah. and loads of it's local so we've got some people down in sussex that yeah. we buy our stuff from yeah all comes next day it's cheap as well like it's not expensive um and the cultures the salts they're usually about a pound a bag or yeah. something what's
0: the difference between cheese salt and normal salt um, it's just to do with the acidity
3: yeah. so I think that's the yeah,
0: so, yeah. yeah we... so basically if you use normal salt you're probably adding a bit more acid and that's once it. you get up to your super um, sort of com- well, not complicated, but you're more intense ma- cheese yes. making. You want to be controlling every little bit. A little part bit, yeah. It.
3: And also, you want to be very, very conscious of making notes all yeah. the way through because with ricotta, you should be fine. But yeah. when you get to the more complicated cheeses, it's a really good idea to take note of what you're doing because sometimes it will come out and it's the worst cheese ever, or yeah. you would have made the best cheese ever and you want to remember how yeah, you made it. So, you
0: just want to know what, yeah. Because I guess things can really affect it. Like today, it's, it's well, it's sunny now, but then we have had hail
3: before and it was freezing so even like temperature humidity temperature, the milk kind of it's it's really changes and sometimes you do get a happy accident yeah and you want to know what you did yeah. and was it because you used the same spoon yeah as the with vinegar and you oh, added really? a little bit more i've done so that before so would you
0: so you would literally go i'm using um orga- i'm using organic milk that i bought from supermarket today yeah. i use this pan i use this spoon yes i use this vinegar like yeah. literally that yeah i detailed. do try and
3: keep kind of little yeah. notes with this i think it's fine because it's pretty easy and you can control this very well but when you get a little bit more complicated, I think you you should make notes. Yeah. As I said, the best cheeses sometimes I've made haven't been my exact re- recipe I started with right. and then they've changed. and You've tweaked the, it. Yeah. And I think the thing about the book is actually giving you a guideline, mm. but already the funniest thing last week. So the book came out last Thursday, I yeah. think. And uh, a lady sent me on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, she'd scribbled out some of my recipe and, re- and rewritten. No way. But, actually what, she I edited it for yeah. you nice. <laughs> and I thought actually we get no. a lot of <laughs> yeah, like, I was like well go you yeah. you know if that's the way you like to do it then and I thought about it and at first I was quite offended then I sat back and I was like wait a minute some of my recipe books I've done the same like a yeah. bit too much chilli or you know add a little bit more basil yeah. and I think that's quite lovely yeah. that she'd done it and she's making it her own what was her little note to go along with well, the I it was something to do with the fact that she wanted more lemon with the oh, pimmet, okay. oh, no, which is right. yeah, yeah so she liked it more lemony oh, well, that's, and that's she thought I put too much it was too pressed for her so was she it, liked it more liked a bit of, looser yeah which you know go you Margaret (laughs) So that was this
0: week's podcast and if you want to explore more episodes you'll find us on all the main podcast platforms and at our website olivemagazine.com where you'll also find tons of useful recipes and cooking advice we also at the minute have a brilliant subs offer on the magazine where you can get five issues delivered for only five pounds just go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash allpod, that's O-L-P-O-D, to get the offer. Now, after your first issues, you automatically pay twenty ninety nine for every six issues, but you can cancel at any time. T's and C's do apply. So that's it for this week. Stay safe and we'll see you next week when we'll have a brand new episode to listen to.